In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolick, your host, the gatekeeper to the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable New England's own Van Helsing, with me all the way from across the pond, my co-host, the ghost finder general himself, the most haunted Richard Felix. Good afternoon, and good evening. I'm back. It's so good to hear your voice, Richard. It's so good to hear you. Eh? I'm so sorry. I've been off. Well, two weeks, I think, I've been off now. Um, it, it's dreadful. I, I've, uh, what excuses have I got? Um, Halloween is the only excuse I've got, to be and honest. That's a big one, and we'll take it. You know, you know what's you. interesting? You must, have, you must have lost, like, uh, 30 pounds doing all these ghost tours of yours. My friend, I have never done... Well, I mean, years ago, I mean, I started this, doing ghost talks 18 years ago. Uh, around the city of Derby, and I used to do them all myself. Obviously, it was the olden days. I used to do like four, four, four a week, and, and often one on a Sunday uh, for years. To be honest with you, um, and then obviously over the years, when, when I got onto Most Haunted, I hadn't got time to do them, so my son Ed took over. Um, we've got one, two, we've got four guides that work for us as well doing the ghost walks now. But I now start recently, last year, started doing new ones in different parts of the country and oh. i now do obviously we do the derby ghost walk i do one in york i do one in chester one in a place called leicester uh one in a place called chesterfield um and i've started doing those and and things have gone bonkers i mean honestly i've never we've never been so busy and this, we have supposedly have a recession um on here in 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 good old england at the moment and we have probably got but you know what's interesting, Richard, is someone actually asked me about that the other day. One of the, I was doing a radio interview, uh, yeah. I forget where it, where it was, but they said, why is there so much interest in the paranormal? Well, you know, historically, whenever there was a tough situation in the world, whether it's a world war or economic conditions, uh, people turn to, back towards the paranormal. They want to know, in spiritualism, they want to know what's, you know, there's something better. You're you're absolutely right, and of course, with, with the the sort of inevitable uh, sort of decline, I suppose in in the church, certainly in England. I mean, I'm not so sure uh, whether you, whether you have a decline in, in in over there, but there is certainly a big decline over here. People are still looking for an answer, and and to be quite honest, you're absolutely right. Whereas before, I think people would have would have perhaps regularly or even more gone to church uh, for for comfort, for want of a better word, um, under 
you know, bad times, they're now turning to something else. And, and yeah, people are just uh, still looking for, for, for a new answer, uh, wanting to know there is something else. Um, and I suppose there's another reason, because at the end of the day, when things get bad, um, we've, still, we've still got to enjoy ourselves. And, and people are, are combining the two. My, my tours are so different to any any other tours because obviously when you eventually come over here, uh, <laughs> we'll get you on get some some of, of my ghost tours. They're, they're always they're three hours, two haunted pubs on the way round, and a candlelit supper at the end of it. So we're looking at a night out, uh, and it's a, a it's a, a an inexpensive night out as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so they're getting entertained. They're getting they're getting stories, real ghost stories and history. Because you know what I'm like. It's ghosts and history that go together. Oh, um, yeah. And a supper at the end of it, and a couple of drinks. Oh, and by the way, we do scare them to death on the way around. <laughs> so you know, we we really do. We entertain in a way that that not many do. I'll be honest with you. There are lots of ghost walks. Obviously, you know you been involved in lots of ghost tours and walks. A lot of them are sort of in design for the tourist, uh, probably an hour, an hour and a quarter or something like that. Uh, this is different. This is an in-depth tour. And um, it, I've never been so busy in all my life. Um, I've had a couple of my guides that have had, well, be, having to work, unfortunately, when they, when they, because uh, they're not for full-time you know, they don't work Professional for Professional guys, right, right. No, no, they're guys that come along and uh, that are interested in ghosts and ghost tours and that sort of stuff and, and work for me on a part-time basis at, at night, you see. And, and a couple of them have had problems. And it's been a case of son Ed, you know, who's pulled out the place. Dad, I'm sorry, I hate to tell you this, but we need you tonight for a ghost tour. And it was literally last week, it was, it was on the day, you know, there was nothing I could do about it. And I do apologise to all the, the viewers, all the listeners out there, because I, I, I've missed it terribly. Um, yeah, we've missed I, you too, Richard. You know, no, I, I mean, am. Like, we we talked over there on the phone, and, and I really enjoy uh, speaking with you. I especially the, uh, the enjoyed uh, your, your trip over here in Gettysburg. I will never forget that. That was so much fun. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I'm sh- yeah. I know that Julia will never forget it either. She won't. She the bathroom. The bathroom uh, incident, yeah. The bathroom yeah. at Little Round Top. Uh, okay, oh, any, anyways, we, we have to play a piece right now called Beyond Bizarre, and we'll be right back after this. Talk to you in a minute. Premature Burial. Lurid stories from the 17th and 18th centuries were spread in the popular press about premature burial. Some of these tales were spread by well-meaning doctors. For example, post-mortem reports described corpses with their fingers chewed off. A sign, some doctors said, that the corpse awoke and was panicked and hungry enough to chew its own extremities. In reality, most or all of the cases were actually the result of rodent infestation. However, there was good reason for people to be terrified of being buried alive. Physicians and medical professionals were not all particularly skilled at telling the difference between dead and unconscious, and burials happened so fast due to the heat in some places and the absence of preserving chemicals that it was not unheard of for a person to wake up underground. John Bateson was an inventor with a paranoia about this very situation, and so he came up with the Bateson Revival Device, a small church bell attached to the lid of the coffin and connected to a cord strapped to the deceased's hand. The idea was, if you woke up in a coffin, you could ring the bell until somebody rescued you. 
Because his fears were shared by hundreds of people, Bateson was made wealthy with the device. A terrifying tidbit from Varla Ventura's Book of the Bazaar, available now wherever books are sold. Listen, listen yep. here. This is so close to my. This is so much part of of uh, one of the one of the tales that I tell on one of my ghost walks. Um, I'm amazed. That's that's fantastic. Um, people, absolutely right. Were were terrified, terrified of being buried alive. Um, and I don't think. No, listen. You didn't. You didn't have the Black Death in America. No, we did not. You weren't there then. You weren't there. Well, I wasn't. That's for damn sure. I might be old, Richard, but not that old. <laughs> no, in 1349, when the Black Death was raging through through Europe, a third of the population of Europe was wiped out uh, by by this bubonic plague, um, and everyone everyone believed that it was spread that you could catch it. In other words, like a common cold. They, they actually thought you, that, that it was passed on from one person to another, which, of course, was totally untrue. It was, it was caused by, by, by fleas jumping oh, I from... I it was bu- Black rats. It was fleas jumping from black rats. Oh, I thought it was witches. I didn't realize that. Do, 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 do. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, basically, the, uh, people thought you, you caught it. Now, one of the symptoms of the Black Death was a long, deep sleep, a coma, before death, of course. Then there was usually a longer one afterwards. But basically, people, uh, the moment they were dead or believed to be dead, they were removed as quick as possible out of the house. There were, there were these guys, terrible people, going around with carts, um, and, and a, a red red cross would be painted on your door, uh, and the, the guys would be wandering around with bells, and they'd be just shouting, uh, Bring out your dead! Bring out your dead! While they were ringing the bells. So people would literally just bring the, 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 their loved ones out and, and dump them on the cart um, to be buried in, in, in plague pits because, unfortunately, um, the graveyards, well, basically, were, were, were over full. They even resorted to burying people vertically, standing really? up. Oh, yeah, this was to... Because they obviously get more people in than lying them down, but they still ran out of, of space, so they, they, they opened up special... Um, consecrated uh, plague pits for the burial of, of, of the dead. We actually um, have a question from the chat room, Richard, for you. And Anne wants to know, didn't they burn, it, burn the bodies? No. Some, no. No, 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 they Ooh. didn't. For the simple reason that cremation was, 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 was a pagan um, ritual, you know, Vikings and things like that. Um, if your body was burnt, then, then, then your body wouldn't be whole. Uh, and on the day of judgment, when the last trumpet was blown, uh, if the body wasn't whole, the spirit isn't whole, and of course you'd be condemned, funnily enough, to burn, to burn uh-huh. in hell fire for eternity. So no, there was no such. Well, I'm not saying there was no such thing, but but no, they were not. They were buried, and and they had to be buried in consecrated ground, obviously to to um, to lay them to rest. Oh yeah, that makes which sense. Which was the big the big phrase you see. Every, I mean, everybody, as you know, in the in the olden days, they had three letters on the gravestone: R I P. Right. Rest, rest in peace, and that they, you had the body had to be whole on burial. So basically, situation was they were buried in plague pits, um, the soil obviously thrown on top of them. And I have to tell you that one in ten people buried in plague pits were buried alive. 
Oh! One in ten, Ron. I don't mess your day up. Yeah, just a bit. And this is where the undead, the, the, the mummy type stuff, the undead, the, dra- the all zombies? that stuff comes from. Mummies, well, not necessarily mummies, but sorry. Uh, the undead, anyway. Zombies, that's the word I'm looking for, not mummies. Yep. Um, basically, what happened was that they are buried, you know, the soil's on top of them. Sometimes the, the damp soil revived them, brought them round, and then all of a sudden you, you get the hands appearing out of the soil, oh. cl- clawing their way out of the soil. Um, and and this, is, this, is, this is reality, this is real. Um, we, we actually had one in, in um, a plague pit in, in Derby, um, obviously really? where I live. Uh, oh, yeah, big one. In fact, when I, I ran a heritage centre for, t- for 15 years in an old grammar school, uh, Tudor grammar school, going back to 1554, and it was on top of, of, of a plague pit. Um, we oh, actually wow. found bones. So they we built right on top of them? Sorry? They built right on top of them? Oh, absolutely, yeah, they actually built the school. Oh, my God. On, on, on top of the play pit. Um, I've got a lot to say, haven't I, tonight? Well, I've been away for a long time. Oh, I, I miss you, so just keep on yakking. Keep on going, keep on going. Uh, and, and basically, um, uh, two stories. Number, number one, the heritage centre that I owned. Um, I found... Um, when I had a, a, a priest hole dug inside it to, to um, because three Catholic priests were... were went to school in there, and they were all executed for high treason, fi- found hiding in a priest hole. And the builders, this was in 1992, the builders found three three bodies underneath the floor of my building. Oh, wow. Um, from the plague pit. And this is the here, well, this is the bit, this is the interesting, nobody will ever talk to me or come near me again when I tell you this. Um, obviously, we, we got, the, the skulls were out, they were fragmented, they were broken, and there were teeth, uh, and obviously I was, very excited about what we found um, and I obviously picked them up and um, you know was handling them and you know for weeks and weeks afterwards I had uh, red blotches on my hands really? Uh, yeah only only cured by a hypnotist now then huh I, I, and I we, we put it down and I'm still hoping it is we put it down to the stress uh, of opening this 3,000 square feet of of old Tudor grammar school, um, you know, which I did single-handedly. Uh, but I often wonder, you know, joking apart, whether it was handling the, uh, uh, the, the parts of the bones and the skulls from, from, from the plague pit, because they do, they do think there's a possibility that the spores from the bubonic plague, from the Black Death, can, can actually live in the soil. Um, oh and it often, often makes me wonder. Yeah, uh, and it caused, caused more hauntings in, in the building. Um, you didn't know any of this, did you? I've never well, told you this. this is cool stuff. This is all yeah, very cool yeah, stuff. Yeah, it, it, it caused more hauntings after after the after we disturbed them. We put them back. We even got the vicar uh, next door to the um, because the church was still there. Uh, came in and, and actually did a, a sort of almost a Christian burial service for the for the bones when we put them back. Uh, but we've had we had lots and lots of poltergeist activity in in that building uh, downstairs. Uh, long, you know, for, for years afterwards, uh, which added greatly to the um, to the ghost tour, of course, which I used to start and finish from that building. Um, but um, yeah, that's so we were on a plague pit. But um, the other one, just up the road, when when, my, when the plague pit ran out and when it got too full, they they built another one up the road on a place called guess where? It's still to this day, it's called Dead Man's Lane. Oh, I love it. Oh yeah, in Derby, and um, there was an old there was a church built on it later because, as I say, don't forget these areas were consecrated, uh, and they built the church um, of Saint James the Less, 
um, on this site. They, in 1960, goodness knows what, they knocked it down. To, funnily enough, to build a... Um, an industrial um, site called Ascot Drive with industrial units on it, and uh, they were they were removing the um, the graves, uh, the graves. Sorry, the graves, the gravestones, uh, the coffins, and various things. And there was in those days we had a, it was called a high mic. It was the old fashioned sort of digger, and they were digging one of the graves out, uh, and this coffin came out on on the um, on the bucket, and it dropped off, it fell off, and crashed to the ground. Uh, and smashed because we're talking of, of poor quality wood. Of course, we're talking we're talking 1349 when these damn things were buried. Wow. Uh, and this was one guy that was in a in a in a coffin, and um, the, the, it split. The, it splintered. Obviously, there were bones all around, but most of the lid, most of the coffin lid, was intact. And when the the workman, of course, climbed down from his his high mac, his digger, uh, went over, to, he picked up the lid of the coffin, and on the inside of the lid. There were scratch marks, fingernail marks. Oh yeah. Now then, yeah. This is this is this is all. This is the gospel truth. So the fear of of being buried alive, Ron, was 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 terrible, and passed down all those years later, of course, to um, to the um, to the Victorians who were uh, you know had these as the young lady just said quite rightly, absolutely true. Um, a bell. Um, Above, in case if you came round, um, you, you you waved your hand or your little finger, and, and hopefully you you rang the bell, and there was there was hopefully someone still in the graveyard to hear you. Um, well, that's they used to actually hire someone, and that's how where the graveyard shift came from. Yeah, yeah. But you see, it's funny because um, when you've had obviously on the, over the, the past couple of years, we've had one or two people on on that, that do graveyard tours um, mm-hmm. in America. We don't do it. This is the funny part about it. We're losing our religion. We're losing our um, our beliefs, if you like, in England. And yet we don't do graveyard tours. Really? Uh, ghost, ghost tours, I should say. Uh, no. Um, I'm not saying there's none, but, but I, I've never... I don't know of any other... Oh, there's one in Edinburgh. Um, but other than that, we don't normally do graveyard tours at all. It's um, it's something that seems to be more peculiar. And I, of course, years have said... But you see, the last place on earth to be haunted is a graveyard because it's it's only it only contains the vessel yeah what, yeah yeah but you know i kind of thought that but there's too many stories about them you know i mean correct. just just way too many of them the, yeah. you know the old where there's smoke there's fire thing yeah you're, so, you're so uh, right but, you know but, i think you know, but when, when you th- let's look at it this way when you think about all the people that are buried in there and the percentage that actually haunt it then it's very quite low Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're absolutely. But what I, me, Mr. 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 Real, Mr. Credible here has to have a reason why there's a ghost in the graveyard. And, and obviously, what I'm saying is that there's every possibility that someone died in the graveyard. In other words, they were buried alive and died in the graveyard, which of course can cause a haunting. So all these True. poor, unfortunate people that were buried alive in their coffin and, and oh my God, I've just heard that chewed their fingers off. Uh, to eat, uh, or whatever it happens to be, died of s- terrible death, uh, suffocation, um, scratching at the lid of the coffin, then that causes the trauma, I think, which causes a, a spectre, a ghost, to be in the graveyard. Hmm. Very well there be. are haunted graveyards. Yeah. The other well, one, of course, the, is... You know, my new book, Ghost Today, I mean, one of the ones I have in there is the Mackenzie Poltergeist. Ah, oh, yes, that's such a story. 
That is that is unbelievable. Um, I, I, is is that real, Richard? I mean, this is closer to you than me. Was yes. it really? Did that really happen? Yeah, basically, I mean, there were, there were like, I can't remember how many hundreds of, of what they were called covenanters that were imprisoned um, in, in, at the side of the graveyard. Um, and and um, so many of them died in the graveyard. But, right. but, the, the, but the thing is, you see, that the guy that had them imprisoned there and left them to die was this guy called Mackenzie, who just happens to be buried right next to them where they, were, where they died. And, and his amazing tomb, crypt, call it what you will, uh, is still preserved there. And, and they say that he is the guy that, that causes most of the hauntings. And about... Uh, I say I've done that, that event like three times. Uh, I've done events up there uh, really? in, in the graveyard. And it, it is the scariest graveyard you will ever see on this planet. Um, there are houses around it, but there are the, the, the most... Bizarre uh, gravestones and and crypts with skull and crossbones on them, and it, it's it, it, it's every, it's the ghost hunter's dream. It really is. Uh, it, it's quite something. And um, I've done a couple of overnight events there um, in the crypts and that sort of stuff. But the real crypt where Mr. Mackenzie is 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 interred. You can't get into. That's his. He's still there. He's he's in the coffin. And about two years ago, uh, not long after I'd been up there, two youths broke into his uh, crypt and cut his head off. They opened his coffin lid. My God, can you imagine doing this? They opened his coffin lid and cut off his head and ran away with it. And and the guy that runs these these events, a guy called Jan, who I know quite well, was in the graveyard at the time. Just had he just finished off a ghost tour. And he saw these two lads, and he chased them. And he rugby tackled one of the lads, brought him to the ground, and the head went bouncing across the uh, uh, the floor in the graveyard. Oh, jeez. Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. And he caught him, and br- they had him arrested, and they took him and the two lads and the head to the police station in Edinburgh. And the police have actually got photographs of, of Mr. Mackenzie's head. And he, Jan was telling me it's mummy. It's almost mummified. It's still preserved, and he's still got a golden earring in one of his ears. Hmm. And they took it back, and they've reunited him, put it back, uh, put him back in, his, in, put the head back in the coffin with Mr. Mackenzie. Um, I think it's one of, one of the scariest places on earth. Now then, I really believe that um, to be there. On your own in that graveyard? I, I, no, no way. <laughs> um, and I tell you what, I will, I will tell you this. Um, I've never done it yet, and I'm still waiting. And I, I tell people this, and I'm hoping that something might. You, you know, when I was when I was 18 years of age, I had cancer, um, right. terminal cancer, uh, and I'm yeah, 42 years on, 43 years on. I'm still very much alive and kicking, and I, I feel that it's time I tried to do something and put something back. And I'm wanting to raise some money for a, a thing over here called Teenage Cancer, a Teenage Cancer Trust. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. But what we what we do, Ron, is is, is um, uh, if you put a teenager into a, a specialist unit with his own peers, with with all the equipment that all the stuff that teenagers want, from from snooker tables to um, uh, Xboxes and computers and everything, then it increases their chances of survival by fifteen percent. Really? Which yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You see, most most teenagers have got enough to deal with, um, with um, 
uh, being a teenager <laughs> without dealing with the fact that, you know, if you're not careful, you could die. Um, and, and so to put them with their own peers, most of them get put in either children's wards or with geriatrics. Old, old people, and it's, it's not good for a teenager. Put them in their own unit uh, with, you know, multicolored paint and, and psychedelic pictures and, and all, the, all the things that teenagers need, it increases the, the chance of them surviving by 15%. So, you know, I think I need to start sort of trying to raise money to help them. And one of the things I'm, I'm thinking of doing, and, and I'm sure the listeners are um, waiting with bated breath, is for people to vote for me to stay in the scariest place on earth alone for the night <laughs> and you really? know how frightened you know how frightened i am of ghosts genuinely frightened of ghosts so what's the scariest place in the world is that my bedroom well it could be <laughs> not not having ever been into it i, I wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't like to tell you but one of the scariest places i i think about is is the the, the tomb of for the, where the mackenzie poltergeist is um and, and can you imagine being taken in? You basically, it's an old uh, 17th century tomb, uh, mausoleum with a big metal door on it with studs on it, locked, of course. You unlock it, you go in, and then you go down the steps into the crypt underneath where the coffin is. And there are other bones lying on the floor. Other people's bones are in, in there as well. And being locked in there overnight. Would would I survive? Would I be would I be mental in the morning? Would I, can you ever think of anything more scary than that? That would be rather rather cool, actually. Other than staying in your bedroom, <laughs> <laughs> Richard, um, I think that would be very very cool. I mean, yeah. I, to me, oh, I, I, I would be could all I do over it? that. I, could I do it? That's the trouble. I'd have to do it because I want to raise money. So Once they lock what? you in, you're done. <laughs> oh, well, I couldn't get out, could I? Um, no pride cooking there are other places. There are others. Uh, what I want the listeners to do is to have a think about it, oh gosh, and tell us where they think I should be sent for the first one. Because I, w- I would be prepared to do a series of them, like one one a month or something like that, in, in really? the world's scariest place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and obviously get sponsorship for me to do it. Right. I mean, you know how guys do it with, you know, a group of 15 people spend the night in a haunted house and right. raise money for charity. Well, that's not that. No, that wouldn't be it. This would be me alone. And I mean totally totally alone uh, for the night nobody in the room nobody sorry nobody in the building you would have to be uh, i would assume you would have to be wired so that people can actually yes see what's going on yes they'll all definitely need to see what's going on we need to film it um right. and i need, I need oh god do i i need i need contacts somehow like a walkie-talkie in case not being funny because you, you you realize that it's it's like someone that's frightened of snakes being put in in the reptile house for the night Actually, uh, would, I don't even think you need that. If we just if we put in just uh, yeah, cameras see, with the you? audio feed on it, then they could actually hear you. So yeah, and then they'd see because again, it wouldn't yeah. be fair for me to be able to talk to anybody, right? Because so I, I be, would rather have it that uh, way. They couldn't talk to you. All they could do is hear you. <laughs> yeah, and I I couldn't talk to them, which would be which would be fine. Because if you've got someone to talk to, you say yeah yeah I'm okay like you now. You know what I mean? <laughs> Excuse uh, me. Um, I'm all right. Everything's okay at the moment. But stay stay on the line. Just no, that wouldn't be fair. That it's got to be me alone with my inner thoughts, with my fears. Uh, <laughs> um, and I say I think it could be quite a um, quite a good thing to. It's different and it's real because. Um, you know, I think most of the ghost hunting public know 
that that Richard Felix is genuinely frightened of ghosts. There's no there's no there's no bullshit here. There's no. Um, uh, I mention it all the time, Richard. Yeah, exactly. No TV side, so it's real, you know. Well, we're going to have to hold that thought. We're going to take our break right now. You are listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Kolick, believe it or not. And we'll be right back after the following messages on Tojanet, Parax, Ghost Channel, and beyond. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly kooky, the Parrax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parrax family. They're strange. Deranged. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give awards to the Bear X family. Hi, everybody. This is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station? Why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear these latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix. We are back. You are listening to Goose Chronicles International with Richard Felix and Ron Kolick on Tojinet. Ghost Channel, Parrax, and beyond. Richard, uh, so yeah. actually says they ought to put a baby monitor in there for you so they can hear you whine. <laughs> <laughs> I Listen, I, I mean, I genuinely don't know. I don't know why I'm saying it, because I, I'm... <laughs> it's all right now, isn't it? But you see, I've, I've mentioned it to people before, but nobody's actually... I've never mentioned it live well, you have now. Uh, on, on air before, I don't think. And now, all of the, what I want now is is you folks out there to put your thinking caps on and 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 come up with the what what you believe to be the, the you know the scariest place uh, to to put me uh, where I have to stay the night uh, with a camera um, all alone. And a crucifix, and a uh, <laughs> uh, some garlic, uh, and a bell, book, and candle, and anything else that I need. Uh, I mean, I, obviously, I, I don't think it should be in the pitch black. Um, I think I need a candle or or, or, yeah, a or, cool. or something with me like a that. A candle is actually cool because then it, the flickering of the flame can actually act as oh. a detector of, of various things. Yes, indeed, that's very true. Yes, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. With that. So that's that's something that I would I would I would obviously need. But um, whether uh, whether I'll be able to do it um, is a different matter. But I suppose the first thing we need to do is come up with the best place. You know, because it's got to be right. 
Scattered. So, and say, if anybody wants to uh, get in on this, they can actually uh, email Richard, and uh, he will let us know what it is. So, anyways, Richard, you know you know it's election over here, right? I do know there's an election, yes. Yeah, well, you know what? I have to tell you about this great thing that's on the ballot in uh, Colorado. Right. It seems that their uh, ballot initiative number 300 would require the city of Denver to set up an extraterrestrial affairs commission. No. So that they can, uh, you know, deal with uh, aliens uh, safely. Oh, my goodness me. And cultural awareness. However, okay. Absolutely unbelievable. But wait a minute. Those opposed include Jeff Peckman, who is, who actually runs the largest ghost hunting group there. He thinks it's ridiculous. Oh, I don't. So there's a big fight between the ghost hunters and the UFOs. Ghost hunters are ridiculous, and the and the the other way around. Well, this is, I tell you what, very slightly similar, slightly similar. Uh, a few years ago, um, I was walking with dogs in a park, and it was throwing it down with rain. And there was a load of golfers on the um, on the golf course nearby on this park, and sitting in the pouring rain was a fisherman. And as I went by, he said, "Just look at those idiots out there in the pouring rain playing golf." And I thought, hang on a minute, <laughs> what are you doing sitting there playing similar thing? You know, one one thinks the other's ridiculous, and they're not. I'm, I'm, I think it's a very good idea because I'm a, I'm a huge believer that there is something, uh, there's something there's something out there. Uh, obviously, ghost business, spiritual, all of that. But I also believe that there are there are there is life on other planets. I, I'm I'm totally convinced of it, um, and I think that. Um, that it's a very good idea to so, set up so something. So what's the deal about people ghost hunting think that the UFOs are ridiculous and the UFO uh, people think the ghost hunting I mean, what, that, can't we all get along? What's up with this? That's so silly. Because, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm, how can you believe, <laughs> how can you believe in one? And, well, I believe in both. I obviously, obviously some ghost hunters don't. But I, right. I think, I, I definitely believe there's, there's life on another planet. Every so often, somebody will ask me, a reporter or something, they'll say, well, you know, what do you what do you think about UFOs? And my answer is always the same. It is, you know, I've got enough to deal with dealing with ghosts. I really don't have time to think about that. No, <laughs> I, I do. I think, yeah, I think about both. Uh, but I'm not, I'm, I have to tell you, I'm not into UFOs. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, a follower of, but like most things on this planet, I'm, I'm very, I'm, you know, I have an open mind about the whole damn thing. Uh, and and I don't know. I I've never seen uh, I've never seen an alien. I've seen a UFO, what I believe to be an, a UFO, um, hovering over some trees in in a house that I used to live in with my mum and dad for the best part of three quarters of an hour. Um, brought them all out to have a look at it and said, "Just what do you think?" I was only about fifteen at the time. I think. Look at that! Look at that light glowing over the trees. And then all of a sudden. In front of me and my mum and dad, it shot off like I've never seen. I've never seen anything go so quick in all my life. Um, I, I, I don't know what it was. Of course, I don't. All I know it was for me an unidentified flying object. Um, it was unbelievable. It wasn't a balloon. It was dark. Um, I don't know what it was, Ron. But I've seen something, mm. uh, and I, I think I do believe there is life on other planets. I'm. I'm 
not convinced of it, but I, th- I think I'm open to it, and I think there could be. And I also believe that there is life after death. Um, so I'm, uh, you know, I suppose I'm a believer in both. So do you believe in the, the final one, which would be cryptozoology? Ooh. Of the big three? You mean, you talk, we, sorry, crypto, are we talking of sort of... Uh, um, we're talking of uh, Bigfoot, black we're dogs. talking of the Chapawaba, or whatever the hell it is, we're talking of black schmucks, black I'm, shucks. I've, I'm so hounds. Paranormal that you brought this up because I was just about to say something else to you. Uh, but but first of all, let me answer your question. Mm-hmm. Um, oh dear, I, I I don't understand what I, I I can't having a what I think I've got is a credible mind and a, and a skeptical mind. I I can't I don't, I'm not into in the same way the sort of myths and legends and tall stories um, like. Bigfoot and, and, and the Loch Ness Monster and, and black dogs and, and that sort of stuff. Um, I, I don't know whether it's something to do with our minds and, and, and how our minds can be, for some reason, distorted uh, and things can present themselves in a different way in our perception. Um, so, again, I've, I've got an open mind. Um, but funnily enough, I, I'm uh, just in the process of looking up a, a fascinating story in Dublin, uh, in, in Ireland, mm-hmm. uh, about the black cat of Killakee, which is a not a dog, but a cat that's larger than life that's been seen frequently in this house. Uh, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, in fact, I, I, the book's still open in front of me because I've been looking it up today. Uh, a big pa- a painting of this black cat that's been seen many, many, many times by people uh, over the years, and it's all to do with the Hellfire Club. Um, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, uh, and apparently they used to sacrifice cats, uh, and this huge black cat is often, often seen near this house in, in Dublin. Uh, and I'm uh, just in the process at the moment of, of looking into uh, the possibility of uh, doing some events there. Um, I've just come back from Ireland, Um on Sunday, uh, over Hall- I was there over Halloween really? doing uh, ghost events in Ireland in, in three different uh, Irish castles. Yeah, yeah. So you, All you, three. Spent, you spent Halloween in Ireland doing a ghost event? Yes, I did. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Well, no, that's, I spent Friday and Saturday uh, before Halloween doing Halloween yeah. events in three castles. Uh, and funnily enough, one of the three, Lep Castle. Uh, oh, I know that. Most, yep. Yeah. Oh, it's... Ron, it's the best place on earth. Um, um, Sean Ryan, who owns it, um, the, the ghost stories he'll tell you about it. That's got an uh, elemental in it, and we, we featured it, of course, on Most Haunted. But really? I wasn't there. I wasn't there at the time. Uh, it was before my you know, series one, and um, there's this uh, figure that's half 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 woman, half female, and half uh, half animal that, that's seen in the castle. It's always preceded by a foul, vile smell um, of, like, rotting flesh. That, and I'm not talking about just a, a whiff. I'm talking about something really so bad that you can't stay uh, either in, in the building or, or around the building. Uh, and while I was there, a um, big, big friend of mine called um, Leslie Parsons, who's an Irishman that... Uh, um, always drives me around while I'm over there, drives, drives the bus for the tours that we do over there. When he was a boy, he used to play uh, in, in the, ruin, the ruins of this castle. And on more than one occasion, him and his friends 
got this terrible, terrible smell in the ruins and, and never stayed. They always ran. They always ran away because they always said it preceded this, the elemental that was going to appear. And, and this guy is the most down-to-earth, ordinary, wonderful Irishman um, that drives a bus. And um, he believes in it. So, so what, is there something in it? I don't know. I don't know. But there's a huge amount of interest in, in elementals. And um, as, as we, obviously, you, without me, you had Simon Sherwood on, on the other week talking about black dogs. And, and you know, he's seen one. And he's a, he's a doctor, proper, you know, a PhD um, uh, in a university. And in, he believes it. So there must be something in it. But I wish I knew more about it. <clears throat> so, you know. There you go. Well, they there do you, cool stuff. You. When you do find out more, we're going, we're going to have that guy at the Black Shark on, on the show again anyways. But He's anyways, marvelous, yeah. I, I meant to tell you this. Over, while you were absent Away. from the show, <laughs> uh, one of the weekends I did this thing, Spectral Evidence, in Salem, Mass. I did two of them. And uh, as part of it, I actually got a spell from... Uh, one of the witches in Salem, and we went to the cemetery, and we, I, well, we, I did this spell, which was, uh, I used a cloth with uh, some drops of blood and uh, graveyard dirt and some uh, holy water and uh, fire, and uh, when we did it, somebody took a picture, and when they, the picture was taken, there's this face, actually it's about three faces in it, but there's one that's really large and very, uh, ominous. And so it was out there, and uh, there was a lot of controversy of it. In fact, um, uh, somebody wasn't sure what it was, and, and Leslie Maud took the picture. And it's really interesting, anyways, to look at it. And this was when I was casting the spell. Uh, so it's kind of like causal effect of thing. But we actually sent it to a, uh, a university to have it analyzed, uh, yes. Leslie did. So uh, I'm dying to find out more about it. I'd love to see it. Really? Yeah, oh, God, yes, I would. I'd, I'd, I'd really like to see it. But it, was it as, actually as you were casting the spell? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. In a graveyard? Oh, yeah. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo! Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's cool. That's really cool. Um, so, I mean, you see, this is something that we'd never think of. Do- I've just said it already, haven't I? Never think of, of doing anything like that in, in, a, in a graveyard. And, and you're allowed to do that sort of thing. Uh, well, you did. Uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, so let's change the subject quickly, shall we? Um, that's that's really cool. That's very good. Um, I'd be very interested to see the picture when when it comes back, or if you've got another copy of it. Well, actually, it was on Facebook. I can see if I can uh, have Leslie send it to you, or I'll yes, please. Myself. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was yes, interesting. There's a lot of controversy. Uh, of course. You know, uh, we well, had Cal Cooper. Cal Cooper was like. Uh, He's a parapsychologist, and uh, yeah. he said, uh, well, you know, it might be Matrix, and I don't know. So it's, there was a little bit of going back and forth in this thing. That's why she decided, I mean, to send it out, because she was there at the time. She took it, and, you know, that's what she got, and that's she stands by it. So, hmm. Flipping hack. Wow. That's, that's good. That's, that's really good. Um, now then. Talking of experiments, yes. um, I have I have a big, very big event on this weekend, uh, on Saturday night. Um, I you remember this that wonderful guy that um, um, 
emailed me uh, after the show and I was saying I needed help. Everybody need, need, knows I need help. Um, but no, sort of uh, um, scientific help with the, my stone tape theory. Um, yep. You know, the sandstone, the limestone. Correct. Uh, on Saturday night, I'm doing a, a thing called the Huge Ghost Hunt at um, a place called Barclay Castle in, in um, Gloucestershire. And it's, where, it's the place where King Edward II was murdered in 1327. And it took him over court. I mean, he was he, his wife had him killed um, with a red hot poker, put, placed in a certain position. Um, this is a family show, so I'll be careful what I say. But uh, <laughs> he, he they burnt his insides out basically with a red hot poker, and his ghostly screams can still be heard up to a mile away from the castle. Um, and um, this chap, I think, I, well, I told you about it, didn't I? They, they, these guys uh, came along and um, zapped the walls in a, in a pub with, with a generator with 20,000 volts to try and get a recording to come out of the, out of the building. Well, I'm doing it at the weekend. Um, in really? Castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the big experiment um, in Barclay Castle. And, and we're, we're taking a generator with us. Um, and we're going to see if we can somehow press the replay button in the building to 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 see if we can get a re- you know a recording. Album. Obviously, we're going to put tape recorders. But what I'm going to do, I'm putting different tape recorders in. I'm having more than one. We're having obviously digital, but also the old-fashioned um, piano key type cassette player. Because I've always been a believer that there's more chance of um, getting a recording from the old-fashioned um, um, silica-type thing, you know, the, the, the iron oxide sprinkled on tape, which is a cassette. Uh, and so we zap the building uh, and then leave a tape recorder on and mm-hmm. see if we can get the king's screams coming out of the... That would be interesting. That conference. would be very, very interesting. But well, we've got to I take another think... break right now. and we've no got problem. Play... Yep, we've got to play another episode of uh, Cemetery Tripping, speaking of Cemetery. <laughs> Welcome to Cemetery Tripping, where I feature cemeteries that I hope you will seek out and enjoy as much as I do. As an avid taffophile, or lover of tombstones, I spend a lot of time in the local New England area in the beautiful and historic cemeteries that we have here. The stones here are like no others, and I have literally thousands of pictures of the intricate and symbolic carvings found on them. You can see my pictures on Facebook by doing a search for Cemetery Tripping. Tonight, I would like to take you to Old Burying Point in Salem, Massachusetts, the oldest cemetery in Salem, and the second oldest known cemetery in the country, started in 1637. What can I say about a cemetery that is situated in one of the most historically rich cities in the state? Given the tragic saga of the witch trials, which occurred here in the late 1600s, it is a place that resonates with spirits and sorrow. It is located on Charter Street next to the Witch Trials Memorial and contains many famous individuals such as Jonathan Corwin and John Hawthorne, who were judges in the Salem Witch Trials. Samuel Bradstreet, who was a governor of Massachusetts, and many more interesting historical figures. The traditional death's heads of most New England cemeteries are present here, but also some fantastic, morbid carvings typical of the Puritan era. The stone of Timothy Lindahl from 1698 features a full-body skeleton and an angel with a scythe. There is a rare, heart-shaped three-panel carving for the three children of Thomas Mould, constable of Salem. 
the grave of Deliverance Parkman, a merchant, showing interesting carvings of double sole effigies, one in cherub style and one in skull style, and numerous graves featuring death's heads, carvings with crossbones above them. Perhaps the most unusual epitaph is that of Daniel Richardson, who was killed by a moving house. I visited this cemetery on a raw and rainy day in October, which seemed fitting. The winding path which leads to the cemetery often contained grave markers right in the middle of it, standing like lonely sentinels over the resting place of their deceased. I found one marker off in a corner of the cemetery all by itself, another under a bush covered with ivy and an entire family plot around a huge gnarly oak tree, almost as if someone knew the stones would be sheltered forever from the elements. However, this cemetery is surrounded by the city, and the sight of graffiti on a wall overlooking the centuries-old graves reminded me of this fact. Many of the victims of the witch trials were not given gravestones and were buried in unmarked graves near the site of their hanging. Abutting the cemetery is the Salem Witch Trials Memorial, which is a contemplative, peaceful site that contains 19 stone benches, each engraved with the name of the victim and how they died. On the day that I walked through this solemn memorial, each bench had a few colorful flowers scattered across it, with rain shining off the granite. It made me stop and think of how horribly these innocent people suffered. When you visit here, as you enter the memorial, stop and look down at the granite and brick work. Here you will see the actual selected transcripts from the trials of the victims with their professions of innocence. When you visit Salem, this is a site that should be high on your list of things to see. There is plenty of metered parking near the cemetery, and if you are there for the day, there's also a parking garage. Give yourself plenty of time to read the stones and visit the memorial, and be glad that you don't live in a village where the tales of a few teenage girls caused everyone to believe that the devil was real, close at hand, and acting in the real world, and little more than a sideways glance could seal your fate. Wow, that was nice. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. So we're going to do this every so often. Uh, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we've yeah. Done, it's the second one we did in the different cemeteries that people can visit and check out yeah. and the unusual that's, things. That's good. I like yeah, it. You know, we always talk about the old cemeteries, but there are a lot of good cemeteries that are in the later, like the 1900s. Yeah. Uh, the God cemeteries with huge uh, stones of all different things, like, you know, huge dogs, giant crosses, uh, books, yeah. all kinds of things. There's so that's many right. interesting places to go. Yeah, and of course, so many interesting people buried in them. I mean, I, I've done, uh, as I said earlier about graveyard tours, I, I not very often, but I've done a few graveyard tours, um, but, but not, not, nothing to do with ghosts, nothing to do with history tours uh, in, in a municipal graveyard here in Derby, just, just with famous people. Um, that, that are buried there, you know, taking people to see the graves, unusual graves with, with the poems on them, um, uh, one of a, a railway, a, a train driver and, and a poem about his train, um, all those sort of things. You know, people love them. They absolutely love seeing, seeing, seeing grave, gravestones with, you know, famous people. Um, I, I, do, I must be honest with you, I, I'm, Quite often, I like wandering around in you know in graves, graveyards, just looking at remembering the people, thinking right. about them, re- reading their epitaphs on the on the gravestones. It's fascinating. What's interesting is uh, when you weren't here last week, uh, we 
played this thing, which was actually a graveyard investigation, and uh, it had some stories as well in between the, the investigation. We had uh, different people uh, with stories about cemeteries. So it was kind of a neat thing for Halloween. Oh, just a bit. Yeah, and, that, and that's if those who want to listen, they can go to iTunes. It's uh, last week's show. It's also on TojiNet as well in the archives. So there you go. I must have a listen. Oh, it's no. too, sp- too scary for you, Richard. Do you think it would be? <laughs> you, you know what, Richard? People are throwing up all these, these places for you to go to. It's, it's brutal. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? But I do want people to email me uh, at richard at felixfilms.net. Richard at felixfilms.net. Um, or get in touch with, with you, on, obviously, on, on, you know, on Ghost Chronicles. Anyghostproject.com or anyghostproject.comcast.net. But, you know, they're talking about the Manchurian death camp in uh in uh, Manchuria, they're talking about yeah. the catacombs in France. Yeah, they got they're putting you in a lot of cool places, Richard. Better you than oh, me. Oh, jeez. I know, I know. But you see, you know, places where you know, basically, genuinely, you know, allegedly haunted buildings um, where people have seen ghosts. Uh, to me, that's 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 the fear factor. Um, and, and although I, you know full well, I've been preaching for years that the, the, the profession of a ghost isn't isn't to scare you. Yeah, but well, there's other stuff out there besides ghosts. So yes, I, I, I know, would... and it doesn't stop me being scared. Mm. Um, so ooh, I don't know. I mean, you know, it didn't. You know, at Gettysburg. I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't sat on those rocks very long, was I, Rod? No, no. Take it a free. Freetown Forest, where Maureen got attacked by the Pukwudgie. That was good. Wow. So oh, imagine so there many. by yourself. Mm. There's so many. That's the thing. Um, I tell you what. I don't, I don't know. You, you must forgive me if I've already if I said this before before on the show um, when I was talking about the um, the stone tape theory. I've got you know about right. um, trauma being held in the fabric of the building, especially with sandstone uh, and um, clay and bricks uh, and the red and all that. Um, I was told only only a few. I, I don't know. I don't think I've mentioned it about Gettysburg because it's it's reputedly one of the most haunted sites, one of the most haunted battlefields uh, on the planet. And I've just found out that it's also Gettysburg is on a red sandstone plateau. Really? Yes. Interesting. How's, a, how's about? Because there's a thousand sightings apparently of ghosts. But what I'm saying is, some of them I believe to be recordings of the tragic, traumatic death that happened to them that caused them the recording to be there. And the whole damn place is red sandstone. And so That's interesting. You've got, you've got to continue with this theory of yours. I think it'd be interesting I, I, to find out. I need, I need some, as I say, I said to people before, I need, I need somebody, a scientist or something, to come along and, um, and, and help me a bit because uh, I, I don't know whether, it, whether it's... It's only, a, it's only a theory, Ron, but everything started out as a theory, didn't it? Absolutely. Um, and I just think that I'm... I mean, you, I've told you, haven't I, about the most haunted... When we did uh, Most Haunted and I did The Whaley House in California. Right, um, you did. Yeah, the, we've the, mentioned that many times, Richard. Yeah, the most haunted building in in and California. It but it's brick. the oldest yep. brick built building. Yep. Yeah. I think I think there's something there. But I need okay. help. <laughs> Psychiatric help, actually, uh, as well. But if anybody knows a good psychiatrist, they can put me on to them. Because, Before I forget, we got to give a shout-out. Shout-out. Which is, uh, we want to wish uh, Byron Jackson from Haunted Devon a happy birthday. It's his birthday. Ah, happy birthday, Byron. Yep, yep. 
He's Byron, for those who don't know, is the, the head of uh, Haunted Devon. He, he was also the uh, co-host of uh, Ghost Chronicles International at one time. He's in my book, Ghost Chronicles, at the uh, Lizzie Boyden House. Uh, wow. Great chap. Yes, indeed. I don't, I, don't, I don't think I've met him. I've spoken to him, obviously, on the show. Mm-hmm. But uh, I need to go back down to Devon sometime and do some more. Uh, uh, he would absolutely love to do something with you down in Devon. Yes. He, yes. I know that he just did uh, a piece with... Uh, Karen O'Keefe for uh, the uh, vets of the, you know, wounded vets. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah, because I do stuff for that. It's called uh, Help for Heroes, you know, that yeah, we're, we're doing Heroes, stuff for. Yeah, Help for Heroes, absolutely. That's right. Yep, they yeah, they did an event down there. Yeah. But again, I say, you know, there's, there's, it's nice, you know, to put something back to, to help to do things for, for charities. Absolutely. Um, you, you have to use um, what, what you've been given, and, and you know, that's, but what's that? Not fame's the wrong word, but uh, um, you know the fact that people like to see you and meet you, and 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 to be able to put something back, and not just have to just make money out of it, you know, because obviously this is my profession, as it is with you, Ron, isn't it? You know, I mean, now this this is this is what pays your bills, isn't it? Um, this is all I do. Something. This is absolutely Sorry? all I do. I do have to admit, though, we do have another book coming on, going, coming, so that's pretty good. Fantastic. This is what's this. Oh, this is a new one. New one. It's uh, I can't talk about it right now, but uh, yeah, the uh, Ghost Today is is done very very well, and the, the publisher mm-hmm. has offered us another uh, book. So it that is like fantastic. We'll well, done you. well done. Well done. Credited so. author. Uh huh. So, anyways, oh. uh, tomorrow on uh, Ghost Chronicles: uh, The Next Generation, uh, Ann and I will have Laura and Dawn on us. I guess they have their own radio show. They are both uh, mediums, and uh, we will be talking a little bit about them and spiritualism. And also, uh, we'll be doing some readings on the show as well, including myself with my own deck of uh, fairy cards. Oh my goodness! Really? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you- so you are progressing with your. Well, I'm doing ability. something. I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, you might. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, do you, do you get a good rate of success? Yes, very good, actually. Wow. It, well, you know what's the funny? The funny part about it, Richard, is though, yeah. if I can do these on the air with no problem, but yes. if I do them like face to face with you, I can't really do them that well. Isn't that strange? Yeah. I, I think it's because I, I just like more open. I don't care because I'm on the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what I'm seeing and looking at you right there, and, and you know, you put a face to it, it's a little difficult. It's, I and think it's a barrier for some reason. Yeah, yeah. For me, I guess, you know, you don't want to hurt their feelings, so I kind of hold things back. Yeah. I don't want to say things. It's, yeah. It's kind of weird, actually. But uh, That's yeah. really interesting. But you say, is it something to do with, you know, air, air radio waves and all? You, you know, I mean, you know, the number of, of, of psychics that can actually do readings over the telephone. Right. I, uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, I you know, I think it's been was working with Marlene so long. Yes. And, and, you know, just because I don't believe anything, and I never believed in tarot reading, thought it was all crap. But uh, so I explored it to see if it worked, and I found out, uh, yeah, hey, I can do this too. Hmm. Well, you, listen, listen, no, nobody has ever given me a, a, a reading yet in the whole of my life. So really? I'm going to hold you to that. No, you can do it for me one week. Okay. We actually yeah. got to wrap it up now. That's the oh, out of music. And Richard, it was great talking with you again. Okay. I'm so pleased to be back, and uh, I won't let you down again. I'm sorry, guys. But, uh, All right, Richard, so you, you have a good night, and... Uh, I will. Talk to you very soon. Good night. God bless. Good night, guys. Bye-bye.
from goalies to ghosties. As our ones get older, sometimes we fear the worst, such as a fall or symptoms of a heart attack or stroke while they're home alone and away from the telephone. 